1: And Troy, uh, first of all, welcome back. Welcome back, Cotter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. Thanks. Good to be here.
1: Uh, And uh, Troy was a regular on my old show. And part of the reason, I'm just going to put it out there, that Troy was a regular on my old show is I really respected this man. In 2014, he took a bold stand against the, uh, the way the Chicago public schools were run. And uh, the fact that there was no real oversight and uh, they implemented crazy uh, privatization schemes that, that left the schools dirtier than ever. He wrote a uh, uh, editorial in the Chicago Sun-Times, uh, where I am right now, uh, about it, denouncing it. And uh, one thing led to another, and he got fired uh, for being too outspoken from his principalship. I Blaine Elementary. I'm That's doing this right. all from memory, uh, yeah. uh, and it's since then, I've learned what it's like to be fired for being a little outspoken. <laughs> so I think we're like, you know,
2: brothers in that respect, Troy. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, I have to say, um, when I, you know, I left the men's race four months ago, mm-hmm. and I have not participated in any political discussion, any interviews. I got called by all the candidates. I politely said no to every one of them and went back to a very private life uh uh, just you know doing my uh focusing on my work and i intended to stay that way and then i got a call from (laughs) ben (laughs) Giraffe, the only reporter in chicago that i cannot say no to so now i had to go because i've been paying attention because i'm like we're screwed (laughs) so now i have to go study up on the issues Uh. so i can sound like i have some intelligence when you interview me but yeah, I can't say no to Ben because I highly respect his work, his writing. Uh, I really love what you do, man. So I had to come in and pay respects.
1: So. All right, I appreciate that. <laughs> I only had to bug him like forty-five times, but uh, actually, the last time I, I I saw you and talked to you, we were doing election night uh, remote from a restaurant on Belmont uh, in Chicago, and you came on, and that's when you alluded. Uh, that you probably weren't going to run. And as I just to update some folks, maybe they don't know this, but uh, Troy, as I call him, was the original, original gangster. He was, I think, the first person to announce that uh, he was going to be running against Rom. I call the candidates who were in the race uh, before Rom dropped, the original gangsters. Everybody got in after that. Uh, you know, okay, late to the party here. Uh, I tell folks uh, one more time just to, um, uh, you know, just to catch them up, why he decided not to make the run
2: um many reasons uh one you know you need three things to run a good campaign you need a message you need money and you need an organized for lack of a better way to put it it's a horrible word to use in Chicago but machine message money machine the mm-hmm. machine means the volunteers the people that will go door to door and we had an incredible message we had better message than anybody out anybody out there uh our money <laughs> <laughs> not quite as good. I mean, raised a hundred thousand dollars over the course of campaign for someone like me. That's not that's not small change, but it was the machine part that we really lacked. Uh, in terms of the people, and ultimately, this is my fault. I mean, I can blame it on the people who were responsible for that aspect of it, but ultimately, I brought them in. So it's it always comes down to the candidate. But we just did not have the level. We had, for example, uh, six a uh, uh, list of about six hundred volunteers that was sat on for about six months until the day before petitions were due. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Um, (laughs) Like, you you just stick, But again, you know, I let those people control that. And, you know, it came back to haunt me in terms of getting folks out there to do uh, the petitioning. But I had a moment that I haven't talked about a lot where I, you know, again, with the messaging, I was doing a uh, meet and greet and uh, it was at Open Outcry in Beverly. Mm -hmm. It was packed very diverse audience, and I mean, I was killing it, then. And I got to this point where, in, in the, the, did you have the capacity <laughs> yeah. to to stop this corrupt, wasteful system? Do you mm-hmm. think you can do it? And I stood there and I said, um, truthfully, no. I don't think I can do it. But I know we can. I know for an absolute fact that we can't. We organize ourselves. Um, But in my, the one thing I didn't say in my sort of heart of hearts is that I came to this conclusion that there is no we. Like, there is no organized left with an agenda to stop that nonsense. Like, it's, the left is divided, uh, if it even exists at all at this point. It's just a bunch of warring camps with their own sort of very uh, sort of particular agendas. And we haven't gotten the Republicans, the, the, the right's not like that. They, it's some, I don't know how they do it, but you hear the same messaging from them it's universal, you hear it. I don't know where they meet to degree on what the <laughs> hell they're going to do, but yeah. what they're they doing. Yeah. You know, they have <laughs> their right to work agenda. And, their, and, they, and they, they make it we don't have a we. And so I decided that I was going to go back and start doing some of the grassroots work of building a we and starting with the Principals Association, getting back to that work. And so that's what I, you know, so when I said I left politics mm-hmm. I got off social media, it was to focus on becoming an organizer and doing that grassroots work of helping organize people. So.
1: Well, when you say there is no we and the left is divided into war and camps, are you sp- speaking specifically about the left in the city of Chicago or are you speaking generally about the left throughout the country?
2: Now, I don't know if I, I mean, in some instances I might call it Warren, but I don't know if I use the word Warren. I mean, they just have their own particular focus. that they, Like, people aren't coming together to see a bigger picture uh, and act together. I mean, I made a point when I left the race that one of the things that disappointed me was not that the left didn't come together to support me. The left didn't come together to support any candidate. <laughs> like, to get a candidate... Who has their best interest? At who they're warning? Some they might not be, but they haven't coalesced to become a we that gets a we agenda done.
1: All right. So you're speaking specifically about the city of Chicago. When yes, you're so talking I'm speaking about, this. about Chicago. All right. And uh, so, what are some of the factors that have led to this division? When you when you when you sit back and you look at the state of Chicago politics, progressive politics in the city of Chicago, is it just personality disputes or, or is it just uh, rival- rivalries, jealousies? I mean, wh- why do you attribute the fact that the the left can't coalesce in this, the most democratic city or one of the most democratic cities
2: in the country? It's um, a good question. I mean, the honest answer is I don't know. I think some of it is probably a mix of many of the things to point out divisions and turn uh, progressives against one another. That's happening. I mean, I don't know if, you know, the Cointelpro the pro was real right? and it's still real. It may go by a different name, but um, business interests and the government officials who work on their behalf uh, actively work to, you know, create divisions amongst people who have a more progressive agenda so that they can't court. I think oftentimes we fall victim to it. And you know, when I when I, and I'm not gonna mention any names, when I left, I didn't mention a soul in my statement when I left. Mm-hmm. But this newspaper <laughs> that you work for took that statement and turned it into, you know, their interpretation of it as a slight against another candidate. My statement was about me, you know. So once again. And then people who supported that candidate f- fell hook, line, and sinker for it. Oh, choice against so and so. Right? And not even going to read it for themselves. Right? And so we live in a culture, political culture, uh, and a media culture that is, seem to be geared toward creating those kinds of divisions amongst, whether it be uh, the left, uh, COINTELPRO in particular, in that instance was. Just explain to people what COINTELPRO is. Counter-intelligence a intelligence program. Mm-hmm. It was. So in 1972, there was a a group of activists in a town in Pennsylvania called Media, Media Pennsylvania, interestingly enough, Mm -hmm. right? And a lot of strange things were going on in the activist community, and they had a sense that they were being uh, infiltrated, that they were agent provocateurs amongst them. And so this group who organized themselves, called the Citizens Organized to Investigate the FBI, broke into an FBI office and stole thousands of FBI files and released them to the press uh, and the files documented what then became after after it was became known then you know Congress got involved and forced more files to be released and they base the FBI basically had a program designed to destroy progressive organizations and black progressive organizations in particular in particular
1: yeah. And uh, by the way, there's a great documentary about this. I can't remember the name of it right now. We have some duck You guys remember the name of the
2: documentary? No? Steve, do you I know mean, the name of it? I know, still, but I don't remember. No, I know, remember I the know name. if you watch Eyes on the Prize, yeah. which is a very lengthy series. Yeah. If you look at um, Eyes on the Prize 2, episode 6, I think, it's called the episode called A Nation, at Law, a Nation of Law. Question mark. Mm-hmm. A nation of law question mark. That episode documents what they did, the FBI did to the Black Panther Party here in Chicago. Yes.
1: All right. Troy LaRavie Troy is my guest. Uh, we're going to get into the specifics of the upcoming mayoral race Tony Preckwinkle versus Lori Lightfoot when we return. <laughs>
0: Jorofsky Show is brought to you by the Chicago Sun-Times. For the latest in Chicago and Illinois news, sports, weather, and the latest in national news from a real Chicago frame of mind and real Chicago writers, check out the Chicago Sun-Times. Read the daily paper or online at chicago.suntimes.com. And hey, if you have a little extra cash, subscribe. And by the Chicago Reader, for a deeper dive in the Daily Chicago News, and for all of what's going on in this city, you gotta read the reader. Music, arts and culture, film, extensive event calendars, concert listings, and more, including weekly political columns from writers. Hey there, producer Dennis here. Thanks for finding and listening to the brand new Ben Jarofsky Show. All right, so here's how this works. The Ben Jarofsky Show live streams on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Once the show is over, you can listen to the replay on our YouTube channel, or we throw it online for you to download by 4 p.m. Where can you download the Ben Jarofsky Show, you may be asking yourself? Well, you may be asking yourself a fantastic question. You can find previous Ben Jarofsky shows and guest interviews through several outlets. The Chicago Sun Times Online, chicago.suntimes.com. The Chicago Reader Online, chicagoreader.com. And wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts Apple Podcasts, Google Play, pick one. Just search for the Ben Jarovsky Show. J O R A V as in Victory S K Y. So let's recap tuesday through friday one until 3 p.m live streamed on the chicago sun times youtube channel and downloadable by four at chicago.sun times.com chicagoreader.com and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast yes the ben jarofsky show is back we're live and downloaded tell your friends and enjoy the rest of the show Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Troy LaRavie is my guest in the studio. He
1: was uh, the original, original gangster, the first one to declare against Rahm in the run for uh, mayor. He was challenging Rahm from the left. Uh, Troy, of course, Bernie Sanders, delegate in 2016, very much a progressive. Troy, everybody is a progressive these days. Uh, my humble opinion: the word's really lost all meaning in the city of Chicago. But everybody's a progressive. Everybody's running a progressive campaign these days. What's your thoughts about the, on the use of the word "progressive"?
2: So, I mean, progressive denotes two things for me. There's two things you have to look at: like one, your policy stances, uh, and two, so your 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 record of actually having some integrity with those stances in your actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and very few people have that. Uh, I didn't. See, one of the reasons I got out of the race and didn't back anybody is because they failed in one. Of, every single candidate failed in one of those two things. They either had the stances, but had a, a record, and made some decisions that said this is not a progressive or someone who has the integrity to live up to this these things they're saying, or they just don't have the record of being for, for example, universal health care, for uh, open. Uh, transparent budgeting practices uh, for uh, taxing uh, putting the tax burden the heaviest tax burden on those who had the greatest capacity to meet that tax burden you know Mm -hmm. progressive taxation Um, and they might have been for it but didn't seem to have the political will or stomach or capacity to take the kind of hard policy stances to push it you know Preckwinkle for example she might believe in progressive taxation, but that's not what the soda tax is, right? You know, and I have to say, when she came in, I nobody criticized her harder than I did. You look at the comments of the people when she entered the race. Nobody came as hard as I did. But one of the things I did not mention in my criticism was the soda tax because I don't believe in attacking people on something just for a matter of convenience because when it got passed, even though I didn't like it, My own personal opinion was, look, if I have to pay a few extra cents or another quarter for some pops so that somebody who doesn't have health insurance can get some care at the county, I'll go ahead and do it. I think there probably could have been better ways to do it. I think she should have fought for something more progressive that pushed uh, the burden on those who are more able to afford it, but that's... That's a That means a political battle needs to take place. That means there's going to be some resistance. And hell, she couldn't even get support for this the tax on this this one. Now, it, it means there has to be an organized left behind her to say, if you go for this, we got your back. And I think she, as a politician, knows that there is no organized left behind her that will have her back, that if she goes out there and pushes more progressive taxation, she'll be doing it by herself and we're going to leave her out there to drive. Um, but again, um, I'm not saying she's right for that. It's certainly not the stance, you know, you've seen the way I, 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 operate. I do what I think is the right thing. Consequences be damned. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I didn't see any politician out there who had that kind of mentality, who was going to push for something progressive and not necessarily, the safe thing.
1: All right, let's break them both down. Uh, We'll start with Tony since you raised her first and we'll get to Lori later. Uh, You said when, when Tony first entered the race, no one was uh, more critical of her her than you, Mm -hmm. uh, but you did not specifically criticize her on the soda pop tax. Uh, So what were you critical about her on?
2: Uh, Her record of voting for the daily budgets that got us into the financial situation that you're in, we're in right now. The fact that when, we, when the whole city of Chicago progressives were practically begging her to run against Rahm Emanuel, mm-hmm. and she failed to do so twice and only came in the race after he had left. That said, one you, either, one, you either agreed with the way he was running the city and didn't want to run against him, or you didn't have the political courage to run against him. One of those two things has to be true. You know. And for me, it didn't matter which one was true. I knew I wasn't going to be supporting, at least at that stage, anyone for which one of those things were true. Um, and so those are the two things, two major things, that my critique was based on, her failing to step up to the plate uh, and exercise the political courage to go against Ron when we wanted her to. Um, oh, and um, burials mm. That was the third thing. Her support of Joe Berrios. The, the quote that I said was that... Um, Her loyalty and commitment to the Democratic Party was stronger than her loyalty and commitment to the people of Chicago. And I chose those words very carefully. I said stronger. Not that she doesn't have any loyalty or commitment to the people of Chicago. I believe that, like most Democratic politicians, their loyalty and commitment to their party is stronger than their loyalty and commitment to us. And, you know... I don't know if Lightfoot's any better. All right, let's <laughs> get into it. <laughs>
1: By the way, just so people know, there's some folks out there, might know. is Joe Berrios is the former uh, uh, assessor for Cook County and for years and years and years, and it came out. Uh, investigation by ProPublica and the Chicago Tribune. Got to give the Tribune credit uh, that uh, the way our our tax our property tax system was assessed in the city of Chicago, a greater burden was placed on people uh, in neighborhoods we least afford it uh, in poor, poorer, low income, working class, black neighborhoods, as opposed to the uh, gentrifying, upscale North Side neighborhoods.
2: And despite that, Preckwinkle continued to support him even mm-hmm. after that was a front page news on the Tribune for three different editions. Just how horrible his uh, uh, assessment uh, taxation uh, practices were and how they impacted negatively, particularly at poor people and African-American poor people in particular, she continued to support him. But, you know, he was the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. I don't know if in her heart of hearts she wished she didn't have to, but this is where my bread is buttered. Um, so, um, you know, but but all I knew was what what she did. And so that's what I commented on. All that right. said, mm-hmm. my wife worked for both Rom. And Tony, she worked for the city of Chicago and she worked under Preckwinkle, pretty close to Preckwinkle, not so close to Ron, but close to the people he appointed. And, you know, she didn't talk a lot about it, but I got a clear sense that it was like day and night that Ron's folks were incompetent, (laughs) that the people were, everything was political. And that what Tony was trying to do at the county was actually put some competent people in place to do the job of serving the taxpayers appropriately. Uh, and generally ran a tight ship. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not looking for perfection, but when you're running against somebody, and at that point I'm running against her, I came out hard and highlighted the three things that I thought um, people should have a second thought about when they consider her.
1: All right, let's get to Lori Lightfoot. What's your general thoughts about Lori Lightfoot?
2: I was never impressed by Lori. You know, uh, Lori and I were in lots of forums together. Tony and I never participated in a forum together because I came, I left as she was coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, Lori and I participated in quite a few forms and I was never impressed by Lori. Uh, there was always these sort of lofty statements about being the North Star of Chicago it, it, I just never heard anything specific from her it was it was a lot of platitudes coming from her, and, that, and that's that's a warning sign for me um uh her lack of you know her again not supporting universal Health Care. You know, there was an interview with Progressive, Progressive Magazine called me. Mm-hmm. Um, they had just interviewed Lori Lightfoot. And apparently Lori Lightfoot's press person called Progressive to pitch Lori as the next Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez.
1: I remember this, yeah.
2: And so they asked Lori, okay, how what do you feel about universal health care, Medicare for all? No. How do you feel about getting rid of Chicago gang database? No. Um, and there was another one, uh, uh, abolishing ICE. No. Uh, it's just like, wait, wait. You're pitching yourself as the next Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, but you don't believe in the progressive policies that she's pushing. And so they're like, well, who else is running for me? So they called me (laughs) uh, and asked me the same questions, you know, and I gave them my answers, and they put out a whole piece about the difference between those answers. Uh, And so, again, uh, those three policies are progressive policies. Going back to your first question, what is progressive in terms of looking at Lori Lightfoot? She certainly doesn't seem like one. And then you look at her career, you know, and it's mixed, you have her time uh, on the police board, where it looks like you know convictions or uh, discipline for officers increased under her. But then you have some cases in there that are profoundly questionable, where she overturned the board on uh, one officer who was found to where the evidence showed he put a muzzle to a guy's mm-hmm. head and blew his brains out. It and the board the board itself declared that the shooting was unjustified, and then she went and got that thing reversed. Uh, so. You know, there's a lot of questionable um decisions and actions like that on Lori's part that make me go, um, no, this is just too much of a risk here. Like you you have a lot of lofty language, but when I look at your record, you know, if I look at Preckwinkle's record, it's pretty goddamn consistent with what she says. Right? It's she may not say the things I want, but it's pretty damn consistent with what she says. I look at Lightfoot's record. Not quite as much.
1: It seems as though you're leading, getting yourself ready to vote for Tony Preckwinkle. Am I reading this correctly?
2: I'm certainly, I haven't decided yet, uh, but if I had to do it today, that would, that's where I'm leaning.
1: Who'd you vote for in this last one?
2: Tony. Tony Preckwinkle. Yeah. And that was one of those hold your nose votes. It's Like, I don't have my perfect candidate. My Bernie's not here. (laughs) <laughs> there
1: was no burden to feel on this, one, huh? <laughs> there
2: is no burden to feel in the Chicago uh, mayoral election. Uh,
1: whether this is fair or not, I'm going to say this: uh, many uh, younger progressive types, millennials, uh, are very. They call me up. They want, uh, They're critical of Lori Lightfoot because she was a federal prosecutor. And uh, it boils down to this: more than one person of the millennial persuasion has told me that she is "quote unquote" a cop. All right. They mm-hmm. call her a cop, even though I, Lori Lightfoot has never been a police officer, has never served at the Chicago Police Department. But you know what they mean when they say that. Yes, they're speaking right. metaphorically. Right. I think.
2: Yeah. Um. I mean, she prosecuted drug in the height of the mass incarceration, and mass incarceration was based on drug policy for mm-hmm. the most part, and she prosecuted drug offenses. You know, and now you're going to say, like, at some point, you you have to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. When you're doing that, when you're sending one black person after another to prison as a prosecutor, and at some point either your are conscious. You know, when I was a principal, I had to have that moment mm-hmm. where I had to take a risk. I risked my career to say this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to have that moment where what you believe and what you're being at, you realize what you believe and what you're being asked to do mm-hmm. are not congruent, and you're either going to continue to do it uh, and not take any risk in order to ensure that people get some kind of justice? Or are you going to leave that alone to make sure that you continue to get your bread buttered? And it seems like that's what she did. And now that it's popular to talk about mass incarceration, she said, Oh, this is horrible. Where were you? What were you saying when you were putting all these people in prison? All right, well, in
1: defense of Lori Life, I'm not gonna say something in defense of Lori Life, but she is not part and parcel in any way. Uh, Troy, I think you'll have to agree with me, This the Democratic machine uh, that's so involved in the corruption in the city of Chicago, uh, in the inequities of the city of Chicago, uh, in just all those bad budgets that you were just alluding to, parking meter sales, TIF deals. I mean, you at least got to give her that. She's not uh, part of that in any way. She's a complete outsider in that regard.
2: So I can't give her... You can't really give her that because there's no record. You don't know what she's going to do because... All of the, all of those things, like those weren't the politicians pushing those things. Those were the people supporting the politicians, right? Those were the banks, the investors, the school privatizers. Those are the forces behind the democratic machine. And those forces are still going to be at play when she becomes mayor. She's never been tested against them. And based, and again, based on her history or lack of a history, I don't necessarily think she's going to react much differently than the existing politicians to those forces when they come to bear on her
1: all right that's troy laravie i'm ben jarofsky willie wilson has just walked into the studio ladies and gentlemen i don't know who else is going to come in maybe rahm Emanuel is uh coming up the elevator right now that would be but we're going to have willie wilson with troy laravie uh in the studio it's going to be great when we return
0: Hey there, producer Dennis here. Thanks for finding and listening to the brand new Ben Jarofsky show. All right, so here's how this works. The Ben Jarofsky show live streams on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Once the show is over, you can listen to the replay on our YouTube channel or we throw it online for you to download by 4 p.m. Where can you download the Ben Jarofsky show you may be asking yourself? Well, you may be asking yourself a fantastic question. You can find previous Ben Jarofsky shows and guest interviews through several outlets. The Chicago Sun-Times online, chicago.suntimes.com. The Chicago Reader online, chicagoreader.com. And wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, pick one. Just search for the Ben Jarofsky show, J O R A v is in victory s k y so let's recap tuesday through friday 1 until 3 p.m live streamed on the chicago sun times youtube channel and downloadable by four at chicago.suntimes.com chicagoreader.com and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast yes the ben jarofsky show is back we're live and downloaded tell your friends and enjoy the rest of the show Commercial break over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarosky Show, live from the Chicago Sun Times.
1: Yes, indeed, we are live from the Chicago Sun Times. Troy LaRavia is my guest in the studio, uh, and uh, all of a sudden, knock knock on the door, and who walks in? But Willie Wilson, uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, who just ran uh, for mayor of the city of Chicago uh he was one of the original gangsters along with troy Larabie and some of the candidates had the guts to run against uh mayor ram when and uh, run for mayor when mayor Rahm was in the race uh it was supposed to be here thursday but you know what willie i'm happy to have you sharing the mic <laughs> sharing the space with troy and
2: so
3: is troy
1: yeah and so is uh, troy uh,
3: hey, I'm i'm on it you know it's uh they working hard you know
1: All right, Willie, uh, I got the press releases that Scott sent, uh, your dutiful uh, press agent there uh, who's standing in the corner, and uh, it says that you're about to come out with some aldermanic endorsements and a mayoral endorsement. So let's start with the big news, mayoral endorsement. Uh, Troy says he's leaning toward Tony Preckwinkle. We just talked about that. Of the two candidates, which one are you going to endorse?
3: I don't know yet. Listen, my own personal view is one thing. But you may or may not have heard that I won all the, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I may have heard that, Willie. Really. I think Scott may have sent me that uh, press release once or twice. Yeah, you may not have heard that. Yeah. I won, what, all the different
1: awards. You different won things. the West Side and the South Side.
3: Yeah, I think the first time in history, I believe, you know. So um, they're out there. And so I took in, uh, decided that I was going to send out a poll, mm-hmm. the people who voted for me. Uh, see what they say. Right now, I'm traveling around the city. Yesterday, we met with two, three hundred ministers. Tonight, we meet with more. Uh, just left some now, and we got community organization, giving their input. And after they get their input, that's the way we're going to go, Friday at one30
1: I see. So yeah. you haven't made your decision yet. You're collecting intel, as they say, in the business, and you're going to make your decision based on all the information you get.
3: Yeah, yeah, but I, you know, that's the right thing to do. Now, I, I must say this, too. Uh, most of the people, I'd say 98 or 99% of the people just say for me to make the decision. They'll follow me, and they're waiting on me. So I thought that, no, I, I don't want to do that. Let me get the input first. Mm-hmm. After I get the input, then I'll put it together and do it Friday now, meanwhile we're just going to and uh take tonight and support endorse some of the people in the runoff ultimate stuff like that probably be I think there's about 14 in the runoff now and so we're going to do that tonight but uh Friday's be the moment but whoever I endorse gonna be next mayor of Chicago why do you say that Like confident I just know I got a feel like you said that I wasn't gonna win in these wars yeah you remember you said that yeah did yeah, i say yeah, that yeah, you were Wait, you're like yeah.
1: throwing things up i don't remember what i said i say a lot of things <laughs>
3: let's pay back the tape on that yeah. one willie wilson <laughs>
1: i don't remember saying that but
0: whatever well you uh, didn't
3: think i'd be up in the top five or anything you know stuff like that you, i yeah. do not recall ever well, saying you anything i may have, have, have said it yeah. you know, i may chance. have changed you yeah. have a chance, you know? uh, so,
1: okay <laughs> Yeah, I think you're mixing me up with Al Pacino, okay? A lot of people think I look like Al Pacino.
3: Well, I'm glad you got a promotion, though. On yes. yes that's,
1: that's a good way of looking at it. The last time I talked to Willie, I was in a different place in my life. Uh, Troy, let me ask you a question about Willie Wilson now that he's in the room. Uh, were you surprised by the strong vote he got in the <clears> west and the south side?
2: Yes. Um, I remembered last time, what, what was it, about 10 11%? The, in 2015
3: uh, yeah 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 it was uh around yeah yeah about uh 11 to 12 percent i yeah, think man. don't so, don't cheat me you know and wh- wh- <laughs> so when i saw and that
2: was when it was just it was i think you were, were you the only black candidate in there uh in
1: 2015 yeah oh my god i just blanked uh there was rom yeah. there was um chewy there was Willie Wilson, Bob Fioretti. I'm doing this from memory.
3: That's another black guy. Walls about it. It.
2: Doc Walls. Doc, Doc oh, yeah, Walls was in
1: that race, yeah. And
2: so when I saw this time that there was a, were a lot more black candidates, I thought it would eat into his 12, 11, 12, 10%, and that he'd probably end up with like five. So I'll admit, I never said it publicly, but in my own head, I thought that was what was going to happen. And it, I was shocked when I saw he maintained his, like, Wilson voters, a Willie Wilson voters yeah. <laughs> are Willie Wilson voters. He maintained
1: uh, his percentage. Willie, what, uh, what, why do you think you have this loyalty among voters uh, in the city uh, well,
3: of Chicago? I, I, I think uh, I know it, that it's from the work that I do in the community. Look, I spent close to $2 million of my own money. And prior to that, I, I, I give away 2 or $3 million a year just to people in the neighborhood who don't have IDs to cash a check, mm-hmm. Who need food. I I, I can weigh maybe three or four hundred grand on the street that people are homeless. Mm. You know. But not only that, we support the churches, community organizations, and things of that nature. Uh, people haven't forgotten. And I never have wanted nothing for myself. You know, I just just, just do it so it, that it's out there. But I, I can say now that I represent the black community. Yeah. For the well,
1: I do remember the one of the times you were on my show. Uh, asking you about your alliances with uh, Bruce Rauner, I teased you mercifully about that one because he did throw you under the bus, <laughs> he, and, uh, and 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 voting for Trump, and and yet it seems as though, as unpopular as Rauner and Trump are among Black voters, not just in the city of Chicago but nationwide, they did not hold that against you.
3: No, no. Why would they? I mean, I mean, I, I'm myself, my own person. You know, I held it against (laughs) (laughs) you. I I, just want to put that (laughs) one thing about myself. Yeah, look, you you can't go wrong when you do good, right? So, so when people don't like me or say this and this and that about me, I do. I just say, look, I'm still gonna love you. All right, and you remember this here too. People always say that this here that. Oh, he can't be me. He can't run here and there because he can't talk. And I and I, I tell him what I tell him. I say I signed it in front of my check. They signed the back of theirs. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've been quoting you on that one, Willie, for about a year now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I wish right, I signed in uh, front of a check yeah, well, once. Look, which
3: one you rather be? Uh, yeah, you know? I, the
1: front. At this you know, <laughs> uh, Look, uh,
3: talking. Uh, I, I never had deny. I'm from Louisiana and. From the seventh grade education, but I think I make more money than those who have a good education. Yeah. A little bit more.
1: Yeah, he made a lot more money than I have. That's for <laughs> sure. Uh, Troy, let me ask you this question. Uh, I just what I just asked uh, Willie. He supported uh, Donald Trump. Voted for Donald Trump, I should say. He Had his reasons for it. We're not going to renew. Go through all that again. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he had that alliance with Bruce Rauner, and yet he did get overwhelming support. He got strong support, and uh, the West Side and the South Side. Uh, what do you? How do you attribute that?
2: Well, one, frankly, I don't think most folk know. I mean, if you show up at the debates, that's how I found out. I found out because I was standing at a forum, two people down from Willie Wilson, and they were asking us who we voted for, and I just happened to be at the forum, and he says Trump and Ron, and I go, that's how I found out. I don't think most people know. As matter of fact, I've had conversations with people. Like, did you know he voted for Trump and Ronna? I said, What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was out there. <clears throat> now, whether or not it would have impacted, that's a, you know, we can only guess. Um, but I'm certain <clears throat> that 95 to 99% of the folks, uh, that 10% had no idea. Well, I, uh,
1: I guarantee that if you had made it to the runoff, that would have been the first attack commercial. That would have been aired by Tony or Lori, whoever you would be running against. You know, it would be the ominous voice. He voted for Trump.
3: You know uh, know, what? I don't think people look at it that way. You know, the ones who do, well, that's fine. But people look at if they're hungry and I can give them food without wanting anything back. Appreciate it. Right? I don't look at it that way. You know, I I look. I voted for, uh, uh, you know, Bruce because he promised me that what he would do for the community. All right? Uh, I voted for the other governor two times in a row. He did not deliver these conversations we had. Mm. And I remember, <clears throat> I didn't ask for anything for myself. We didn't even do business with the state, nothing like mm. that, all right? So we didn't ask for that, all right? But if, if what you do, you look at a person, uh, and you, you vote for that person, all right? And when you talk about a Republican. Wasn't Abraham Lincoln Republican? Yes, he was. <laughs> you <laughs> got to go back a long way. I think was
1: the last time you said that you know, to yeah, me, yeah, really. yeah, Abraham Lincoln was Republican, all right? <laughs> yeah, now, he, he was. was
3: so are you going to condemn him because he was a Republican? No, Wasn't no. One of the best president <laughs> in the United, in the United well, States. we're not
2: condemning you know? Ronald because he's a Republican. Yeah. We're condemning Ronald because he starved the state for two years and had policies that actually – I would listen to Ralph – I think it was Ralph uh, – I forgot – Robert uh, Martwick. Mm-hmm. And he stood up one day at a public event event and said, "People are dead because of Bruce Rounder. This is a state representative. Mm-hmm. People are dead because of this <clears throat> man's policies. So, you know, it's not because you know, not because he's a Republican. It's you know, your actions show almost no regard for human beings, and they also show that you consider the biggest city in the state that you govern, you treat it like it's another state." Like, it's not part of the state you're governing, but some rival or some enemy. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not governor of Like, this isn't part of what you govern. Mm-hmm. That's how he treated us. And so that's why I think people would hold a vote for forerunner mm-hmm. against um, you know, anybody well, who voted oh, for yeah. him. Oh,
3: yeah. They voted for uh, Ronnie Manion, who covered up Laquan McDonald, got shot 16 times. What's, I mean, he wasn't in a conspiracy to shot a person 16 times. Uh, Ronnie Emanuel took the, didn't do good and did a job, the contract, the schools and things of that nature I mean what the heck you know uh, 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 look, the mayor right now of the city of Chicago should be investigated and put in jail All right, now but that, that we agree on all right? <laughs> all right? but, but probably <laughs> is, is that nobody said nothing about that right?
1: Well there's something else <laughs> I think you may agree on, I, I'd like to try to get your thoughts on this, uh, this was a quintessential Willie Wilson moment uh, it was at Grassroots Collaborative uh, Forum that was held at a church on the west side, Willie, and uh, they gave, passed out green cards and red cards to the people in the audience. And so the tradition is that when you hear something that the candidate says that you agree with, you raise the green card. And when you hear something that you uh, strikes you the wrong way that a candidate says, you uh, raise uh, the red card. Uh, Willie Wilson... Uh, at that particular forum, did not mention voting for Ron or Donald Trump, but what he did mention, and he came out strongly about, was his opposition to red light cameras. And mm-hmm. red light cameras become a symbol, uh, Troy, and I know you know this, about the regressive ways in which the city of Chicago has tried to squeeze more revenue out of the people who can least afford it. People lose their cars, yeah. uh, they get disp- dispossessed. Do you know how many green cards went up there when Willie said that? I was like oh willie wilson's pretty popular on the west side and, I mean. Right.
2: south side too I mean, that's a big issue with the, the the red light cameras you know i that was a part of a commercial i put out the roM get the hell out commercial that was a big one of the big issues that i ran on um putting some progressive revenue in place and using that progressive revenue to get rid of regressive revenue Mm-hmm. like the red light cameras. Now I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm for getting rid of every single camera. I know there are traffic experts that say there's a certain percentage of them. If you put the timing on them right and you distribute them evenly throughout the places where they actually need to go. Cause I believe in, you know, listening to experts um, and, and not just going with what public opinion says is, you know, you should do to get votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, there would have certainly, under Ravier administration, been a significant reduction in those things. And they certainly would have been distributed, if at all, around the city, been distributed a lot more uh, um, representatively in terms of the different race and income areas of the city.
1: Troy LaRavie is in the studio, and Willie Wilson, a surprise guest, uh, walked into the studio. Glad to have the two of them there. It's I- Get this picture, I'm going to put it all on Facebook and uh, Instagram. <laughs> They're sitting right next to each other in our nice little Sun-Times studio here. Willie, you had a quote uh, in the Sun-Times the other day. I think it was the Sun-Times, it may have been the Tribune, uh, regarding uh, reaching out to uh, your supporters, your constituents, etc., to see who they wanted to support for mayor. Mm-hmm. And there was the issue of Lori Lightfoot being uh, openly gay. And that I think the quote was, it's a hard sell for many of the churchgoers that uh, support you. Uh, elaborate a little bit on that.
3: And well, <clears throat> I I met with uh, first of all I met with both Tony Peck about an hour and a half. I met with um, Laura Lightfoot um, probably about four hours, mm-hmm. and we had some deep conversation. There's an issue, you know, open, you know, gay, gay and lesbian. I know there's another lot of fight, but you know I don't know them all. You know, and I, I I said openly, all right. And there's an issue, and and also. At one point in my life, that was issue for me, too, you know? And I, I told her that. I tell the world the whole, whole thing, all right? Because, see, like, it, it, we believe the Scripture a lot, all right? But the same token, as I've been relating to the, the ministers, I met a lot of them this past week and two weeks, is, is that let's judge a person on economic and social issues. Whatever a person decides to do with their own personal life with their own business, all right? And I just came from a meeting today talking the same thing. All of the pastors that I know of and talk to uh, have said, look, whatever you go with, give us a word, all right? I think that human beings are human beings. Look, what's it different than being uh, two sins and two sins? If you tell lies, sin, kill somebody sin. So what we have to do is get beyond that. Let's think about the schools and the uh, economic part of it and the fairness. And so that's why I've told everybody. I said this: do not judge. As a friend of mine told me the other day, do not judge uh, uh, gender, but judge the, the agenda. And and that's how we come with it.
1: That's Willie Wilson. Troy LaRavie is also in the studio. We'll be right back after
0: this. Hey there, producer Dennis here. Thanks for finding and listening to the brand new Ben Jarofsky show. All right. So here's how this works. The Ben Jarofsky show live streams on the Chicago Sun Times YouTube channel Tuesday through Friday, one until 3 p.m. Once the show is over, you can listen to the replay on our YouTube channel or we throw it online for you to download by 4 p.m. Where can you download the Ben Jarofsky show? You may be asking yourself. Well, you may be asking yourself a fantastic question. You can find previous Ben Jarofsky shows and guest interviews through several outlets. The Chicago Sun-Times online, chicago.suntimes.com. The Chicago Reader online, chicagoreader.com. And wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, pick one. Just search for the Ben Jarofsky show, J-O-R-A, V as victory, S-K-Y. So let's recap. Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m., live streamed on the Chicago Sun Times YouTube channel and downloadable by four at chicago.suntimes.com, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast. Yes, the Ben Jarofsky Show is back. We're live and downloaded. Tell your friends and enjoy the rest of the show. you Would like to advertise with the Ben Jarofsky show, and who wouldn't? Contact Tracy Bame at publisher at ChicagoreaderCorp.com. We have several advertising options for your business or organization. And quite frankly, we would love nothing more than to tell our listeners all about it. Once again, that's Tracy Bame at Publisher at Chicago Reader Corp. That's C-O-R-P is and Paul.com to advertise with The Ben Jarofsky Show, The Chicago Reader, and The Chicago Sun-Times. We look forward to plugging you. Okay, well, that came out kind of weird. More of The Ben Jarofsky Show live and downloaded in moments. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Mr. Jarofsky. Man, take us I home. I love
1: though. that music. I don't know where he got it, but, you know, somebody should play that on the piano there. Willie Wilson, by the way, is a good singer. Maybe one day you come in the studio and sing some <laughs> songs with me. Uh, by the way, Willie Wilson, Sam Cooke documentary on Netflix. Run. Don't walk to watch it. You really want to, It gets into why Sam Cooke uh, was killed. I urge you to watch. I know you're a Sam Cooke fan. We talked about before. Uh, Troy Lavier just your thoughts on what Willie was talking about—the uh, attitudes of many um, uh, ministers, et cetera, church people in the black community toward uh, homosexuality.
2: Absolutely. Uh, first, you have two Sam Cook fans here, so uh, okay. Into <laughs> the, the question, something that um, uh, Doctor Wilson said that was one brave and deep. He said, "Because people don't like to do that," but he did. He said that was once an issue for me too. Right. That was once an issue for me too. And oftentimes when we discover that someone had some kind of anti-black or anti-homosexual or anti-anything past, we want to jump down on that person. He did this. He would, like. It's exactly that kind of person because we want to change people's minds. Obviously, they're not that anymore, they've undergone uh, some kind of transformation where their belief system has changed. And it's exactly that kind of person that we want to highlight and uplift if we want to change other people who are where they used to be. And so I think we need more people who've had, whether they were anti-black or anti-homosexual, to be honest about that and talk about that transformation because he would be an exceptionally exceptionally great ally in that religious community as someone who's gone through that transformation, to talk to those people about why he changed his mind. But oftentimes when we hear that, it's like, oh, he used to this. He was all. Oh, we don't want to vote for him. Yeah. Let's ban him. No, th- that's the people you want to find and uplift and uplift their stories. And so I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I,
1: I, I'm glad he said it as well. Uh, you know, we're almost out of time here. Uh, Troy, I have to ask you, uh, next time I'm going to bring you on, we're going to talk more, take a deeper dive on the presidential race. Are you going
2: to support Bernie Sanders this time around? I've made a decision, but, uh, um, you know, as someone who risked his career to film a Bernie Sanders commercial criticizing Rahm Emanuel that got played repeatedly um, in the airwaves, you know, that's certainly, it's probably a 90% possibility that that's going to happen. But, you know, I'm going to do my due diligence, take a look at uh, all the candidates that are out there. But, again, it's Bernie's message. You know, Bernie's message that we're in a rigged economy, we're in a rigged economic system. And the people who run that economic system, who get benefit from it, take the money from that system and then use it to corrupt our political system to stop us from being able to make changes, mm-hmm. again, once again, in the economic system. like That message is universal, and it describes almost every problem we face, whether it's in the environment, whether it's privatization of the school system, uh, the Wall Street excesses. It is the central ill of our country, of our state, and our city, and I haven't heard anyone who focuses on that central ill the way Bernie does. And so, he has a strong likelihood to keep me.
1: All right, Willie, have you made a decision yet? for her president, president. Uh,
3: no, you know, I, I ran for president. I am aware of that. Yeah, I, I didn't know you were. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, we talked about it the last time <laughs> oh, you were on our show, that's though, right. and how uh, the Clintons <laughs> went hard on you with the lawsuits.
3: Oh, that's right, she yeah. did. No, I, the person that I will, endorse, would be the person who come to the table and the economic equality for job contract, not only in the United States, but the jobs and the contract internationally as well, who's not going to leave out the minority people. And and, and we'll have to come to the table and say, okay, let it reflect the population, okay, of America, taxpayer dollars, things of that nature. Don't mistreat anybody, whether you're white, black, or, or other, but make sure you don't leave out the blacks and the black and brown and people that as well. And one person can explain that to me and have those same views. I'm all it. And then prison reform, don't forget about prison reform. You know, get rid of these privatized prisons. Mm-hmm. Today, I look at, look, people in slavery today, black people that is. Way back in 1863, we were more freer. Prison made 4 or $5 billion private prison last year our black people in prison. Those things that I'm issue, I'm concerned about, and those particular things, then I'll select who it would be. But they cannot come to Chicago and say, "I'm going to do this and lead the black people out." I'm going to stand right in the way.
1: All right, very good. That's Willie Wilson, Troy Laravier. Thank you both for coming in. I also, want to thank Mark Brown, uh, Miles Porter, the pride and joy of Roosevelt University, uh, Steve James, a visitor to the studio, and of course, the man, the myth, the legend behind the board, pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. They call him the doctor. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, Willie. See you tomorrow, everybody.
0: The Ben Show is brought to you by the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and... Thank you once again to the Chicago Federation of Labor. See you tomorrow.